Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Michael. I am a chaser, and today I am a grateful weekend boy. I It has been the longest fucking week I have had in a long, long time, and I need a Saturday. I need it! Give me that Saturday. <laughs> Give me that movie night. Give me that date night. Whatever. Please, just uh, take it in. Don looks so scared right yeah, now. I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name's Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living in sunny Hollywood, and today I am a please don't let Michael hurt us in search of relaxation guy. <laughs> I make no promises. He has a slightly crazy look in his eyes this morning. <laughs> my name is Dan Oliverio. I'm an author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And uh, yeah, it was a topsy-turvy week for me, too. Ugh, um, terrible. I think it was probably worse for you for... Yeah, but <laughs> so I'm just going to stand back, stand back. I don't claim ownership of it. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> uh, I'm Trevor Keyson. I'm a super chub. And I, I also had a weird week. I got my uh, booster shot. Don did too. I did High too. Five booster bros. Booster, uh, booster bros. No, it was a whole thing to like get my booster. The pharmacist is like, you're not eligible. And I'm like, actually, your website says I am. And so does the LA County website. Um, and then. You dumb it, bitch. And also, I made sure, uh, thanks to Dr. Kat Pause, that I got a 38 millimeter needle, Yay. which also was like another little, like, not like the pharmacist is like, oh, we'll use 25. And I said, well, I have really fat arms. I was advised to ask for 38. She went and got it. And nice. then I was punished and was like, just <laughs> either boiling hot or freezing and felt like a pinata for uh, two and a half days. And by punishment, and, you mean like the effect, the after effects yes, of the vaccine? The, the, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, the first one was. Kind of hit me the second one did, but third one, who? But where the the beleaguered boys are just going to remind you that uh, we're going to be doing our hiatus in November. Yeah, just reinforcing that so you're not. I mean, but you're still going to get content. So you don't because we're great. You're going to get content. Don't worry. Yeah. Calm down. It's going to be a little we bit. We love you. We're not going to just leave. Our you break cold. is um, not really a break. It's just our, half a break. Uh, we it's have a break it. for three of us. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. Yeah. I'm used to it. Uh, <laughs> we have an exciting main topic. Yeah. That we want to get to. So we're going to hit the ground running. Hit the ground um, running. Sprint. And pop culture. We're here. We're go. there. We're ready. Go, go, and go. Uh, again, fat suits again. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a special sound effect because for fat suit news. <laughs> it's quality stuff, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I waited uh, to hear what that was. Uh, it's like being married to an eight-year-old. <laughs> Isolating that sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> was, I was doing it on my laptop and Dan was finally just like, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I had to hear that cue like 77 times. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> the latest uh, person to don the fat suit is uh, Renee Zellweger of for course. a new movie, mm. which I'm kind of like, really Renee? Like, cause so <laughs> the famous for the Bridget Jones movies where she plays the titular character, mm -hmm. um, which she did. I don't know if she gained weight for or just, she, no, she did, did. I mean, she she did gain some weight. She did. Yeah. Um, but like to, and she got a lot of criticism for her appearance in that movie. So like there's a picture of her in this article from page six talking about her putting on the fat suit where it is someone holding the fat suit and walking with it. <laughs> and it looks like they're like taking out the trash, <laughs> like the, the way they're She's holding, holding it at arm's yeah. length, like away from her face. Wearing well, it is a, a fat mask. Suit. <laughs> Um, well, I, the other thing that I thought was interesting about this is, you know, sometimes like Don, last time we talked about fat suits, you know, we had this thing about should the actor, does the actor have the responsibility to turn down the work? Mm -hmm. And, you know, in this case, it doesn't apply because she cast herself in this role. It is her production company that mm -hmm. is doing the piece. Oh. So it's not that she, she would have had to turn down. The only way she decided to do the fat suit instead of getting and losing weight where she could have decided to like not do the role. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the she just wants some of that sweet, sweet Chalice Theron serial killer monster action. Uh, oh God. You know? uh, the, the project is a, it's an NBC crime series called the thing about Pam, where it's a true crime story. Does about that sound the, really white to you? It sounds oh, yeah. really white. But yeah, we got a new sound. <laughs> that's that's the silver lining out of this, apparently. I was thrilled with it. I uh, apparently, I, I hyped it a little too much. <laughs> now, this is the part that I really like. Yes, it's when it squeaks and then trails away. I imagine it's a fat suit, like, like. We puncture it, and then it starts flying around the room <laughs> with the person's forehead. Like yeah. 
Renee Zellweger just screaming as she flies everywhere. Well, because the person wearing it is so thin and so light, they actually fly away when the flat fat is punctured. With Sarah, with with Renee Zellweger, I do have to bring up though. It's like this is a woman who knows what it's like to be attacked for being fat publicly. Like after the the Bridget Jones diary, didn't want to do that again. After the Bridget Jones diary, she became like the butt of so many of Hollywood's fat jokes. Well, hence the fat suit, Don. Yeah. <laughs> she won't go through it she again. She should know better. She won't stand for that. Anyway. Yeah. Get better. Um, get better, people. But uh, I don't know, more, um, I guess, tangentially related through um, body image, movie bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a piece in GQ um, about the n- upcoming Eternal star, Camille uh, Johnny. Yes, I think mm-hmm. Camille Johnny. Um, talking about kind of the uh, what he went through in his physical transformation for this movie, which he chose to do on his own. Okay. Um, there's actually a point in the article where he's talking about um, kind of seeing the director on set after going through this transformation, and like her reaction, and she talks about being like wanting to make sure that he didn't feel like she expected this of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. I think that's one of the benefits of having a woman director. Yeah. yeah. Cause I can totally see a man director, especially talking to a male actor going like, Oh, thank God you did that. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and it's just really great. And there, uh, there's been a lot of different versions of kind of this piece of interviews with him talking about the transformation and is confronting his own body image issues and then still kind of having different body image issues after this transformation. Well, and, and talking about, and we've talked about this to, um, about, you know, how you're treated mm-hmm. the, after he gets all buff, how people start treating him differently. Well, he's mm. also a very interesting choice because he, he, no one ever commented on his body in any way. Right. Like whether he was fat or thin or athletic, nobody thought about his body at any point. And then suddenly the entire world was mm-hmm. looking at his body he was, he was the uh, jokes are being made about his body on late night talk shows. Oh, really? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. Seth Meyer and uh, Jimmy Kimmel and all those folks. I did not know yeah. that. I, w- I wonder if he knew that. I mean, they weren't negative, but like it was always like, you know, and it's so weird that now this guy's super hot. You know, isn't now that bizarre? Is. Yeah. Now yeah. he's really attractive. Oh, and it's oh, sort oh of they were commenting on the transformation. They're commenting on the transformation. Oh, okay. Not that he was untransformed. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and there's a point where he's talking about like almost real. Cause like, you know, he's gone through this transformation transformation. Now everyone's looking at him and he talks about um, almost feeling like a young woman who's, mm. you know, suddenly blossomed. And it's the <laughs> oh. thing where it's like, but everyone's like looking at you in this kind of lecherous way. Mm. Um, and then also like people now being intimidated by you and relating to you in this way of like, I'm going to fight you. You know, I hear this in a way, I hear this a lot in my seminars uh, from fat guys at events because a lot of fat people go through their life not being sexual. And then they go to a Chub Chaser event mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they go from, you know, as I say, zero to hero. They become the dish of the day and they have no coping skills for this because they've spent the last, you know, 20, 30 years of their lives not being sexual or even hiding from, from people's uh, assumptions about their sexuality. Hmm. Yeah, that's got to be. I'd, I'd even take it a step farther and be like, you know, it, when someone's coming on to you, if they have ulterior motives. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you couldn't know? possibly really be interested. Exactly. In yeah. So if Camille could hear our fat watch, maybe this would be helpful. Yes. Ready? Let's do it. <sighs> it's the breeze that it's I, I always imagine that feeling of uh, soaring over California when it takes yeah. flight. <laughs> And, and the you feel the, of orange the air in your hair. Yes. I'm always thinking Stormwatch on the Weather Channel. It's not Stormwatch, it's, Don. Yeah, it's transcended that now. It's transcended. It's Fat Watch. It's the wind beneath your wings, Trevor. <laughs> fat Watch beneath your wings. <laughs> Everything's fat again. 2021. <laughs> um, our Fat Watch this week is um, it's a piece from HuffPost Personal, and that it's a essay. And the title is "I'm a Fat Woman. This is why I post photos of myself eating." Hmm. Um, and I, I thought this was interesting kind of with, um, the other piece, the other piece, because it is people and their fixations on people's bodies and also watching them just, just watching them and making assumptions about 
them we, through. We have a culture of watching. I yeah. feel like you just <laughs> no watching just only po- only listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone in the yep. society should just be doing. the The author is um Megan Ixumism. I'm sorry, it's one of those. I think unless I'm getting it very wrong. Um, it I thought it was um. Roman numerals when it was all in caps. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so she wrote this piece about um, reflecting on the first time she was kind of shamed for eating in public as a child. And then mm-hmm. um, she also talks about um, there's a couple weeks ago. Um, Tess holiday was in the British tabloids uh, where there were just these paparazzi pictures of her at Disneyland. And like, just kind of like beleaguered and she's having a popsicle to cool down and they are not like, I mean, I, I want to say they're just like, they're candid weird pictures. So no, it's like but, not super flattering. But what's more, what's important is they followed her around all day, yes. but the only pictures they published were her eating and her sweating. Yes. Mm. This piece resonated with me just because I feel like there is always that subconscious thing of like, if you're in public and you're eating, people are going to watch you eat and like make mm-hmm. up some weird internal thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that resonates with you, Don. Very much so. And it's, yeah. it's, it's frustrating to me because I, I think I've even said it before. Like no one's watching you as much as you, they, as you think they are, but I've had confirmation that they do in fact watch. I am that guy who like in the supermarket, I've had people just without addressing me, total strangers, take things out of my shopping cart and put it back on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have had, uh, a woman come up and just compliment me out of the blue when I put back a bag of M&Ms I was reading the ingredients on. And she's like, good for you. Mm-hmm. And while they think that's positive, you know, positive reinforcement, what it all it's saying is that we're watching you. Mm-hmm. We're watching every choice you make. Yeah. And stories like this confirm that, you mm-hmm. know, it's very frustrating. Um, but so she goes on and talks about, um, developing an eating disorder and identifying that. And then um, a, a couple of years ago, posting a picture of herself eating a cheeseburger on Instagram and not really thinking about it, but then the, how it ended up being this revolutionary act. Cause so many people, they felt it profound that she shared that and was comfortable doing that. Like the act of unabashedly enjoying food as mm-hmm. a fat person and sharing that. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also kind of a fuck you to the haters of like, yes. you know what? I eat, deal with it. And she looks, and, and all of these pictures, she looks glamorous. Like, I think that's why it's like, I would never look that good eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> I just, I do not have the cheeseburger gene. The, I guess they yeah, have the, the cheeseburger gene or just the, I don't know, that shade poise. of lipstick and some yeah. pursed lips at the right moment, Trevor, that might work. <laughs> it's just, um, it's wonderful. And I think it's, we so often see the, like it kind of made me think of the uh, the, you know, Carl's Jr. Oh yeah, commercials where it's like the if it doesn't get all over the place, it doesn't belong. Yeah, in and your it's face. like a woman in a bikini against Paris like Hilton. just eating uh with a burger. Yeah. And I, I'll I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I'm gonna put on my my swimsuit that I got for we'll uh, Big Bayou that, oh, <laughs> that never, got, never got to wear. I'll pull up the Corvette. Yes. And I'll, <laughs> I'll sprawl out on the Corvette hood and eat a cheeseburger. Michael will throw the bucket of soapy water. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want my cheeseburger getting wet. No, I'll throw the bucket of special sauce. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, um, well, mercy sauce in my eyes. <laughs> apropos of nothing we've talked about yeah. so far. Uh, we have a guest on the phone. We do. Dan, why don't you set up over who we're talking to? So as COVID's been lifting to some extent, at least, uh, people are getting out and traveling more. And we thought it would be a great opportunity to talk to our friend Sam King at um, Cruising at Large, at Cruising at Large to talk about big men and cruising. Not that kind of cruising. And big men cruising. (laughs) (laughs) But like on the high seas. And cruising on big men. No. So welcome, Sam. Hello, hello, hello. Well, great. It's great to have you on the show. Sam is joining us from where exactly? You're in Florida? I am in Wilted Manors in sunny Florida. Uh, it is. Uh, I moved here from Los Angeles about a year and a half ago, right in the middle of COVID, because you know that mm-hmm. was a great idea. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, it's 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 great here. And uh, did you move there to be know, closer to? Tra- the, sorry, did you move there to be closer to the cruise industry? Uh, you know, in 2019, I found myself. 
flying back and forth to Florida about four or five times. And some of those times was with my promotional stuff and it just, it became excessive. So yeah. And, and, and I was 36 at the time and hadn't, had only lived in Los Angeles my whole life. So I was mm. kind of ready to shake things up and yeah, make it a little easier because traveling as a, as a big guy is, is, is very doable. However, not as easy as, somebody who's 175 pounds. Right. I mm-hmm. find the secret is planning. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And that's what I do. Yeah, exactly. You love planning. So let's introduce Sam a little bit. What is, what is Sam's deal? Dan, do you have a, a, a one line <sighs> description of Mr. Sam King? Okay. So I would say this, um, in an era where most people think of travel agents as, you know, a site on the internet, like, you know, Expedia, uh, Sam provides really an incredibly useful service for what can be a very complicated process. As we've alluded to, you know, traveling as a big person, you it requires a little planning, a little forethought, mm-hmm. and there's some unknowns. And I find that Sam has been really great at anticipating needs, anticipating difficulties. And then when you get into cruising, oh my God, the, you know, cause Don, you were saying you've never taken a cruise. Yeah, never. And you know, booking a flight is easy. You, you know, you walk on the plane, you walk off the plane a few hours later. <laughs> Cruising is hopefully (laughs) cruising is a lot, has a lot more variables and a lot and different pricing structures. And do I want that? Do I not want that? I have to buy a drinks package. Well, which drink package should I buy? And it can get very complicated. Do you want a drink? (laughs) (laughs) It can get very complicated very quickly. And Sam has been wonderful at helping us navigate uh, a very confusing thing for certainly for first timers and maybe even for more experienced people. Mm -hmm. Cause it's great to just give it away to like, like, I, I don't know, Sam, take care of that for me. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I could just build on that, it, it started, and I'm sure you've covered this. Um, I would go to these chub and chaser events that were lovely, either weekend or week long uh, pool parties and get to know you type things. And you, you, you get to talking to people, you make friends. That's what these events are all about. And after year after year after year, I would talk about my travels and people, some more bluntly than others, would say, how do you go to Europe? You're very large. How do you know Southwest Airlines doesn't fly there, or <laughs> or how you know or a, a, a wide variety of, of questions and just that kept repeating over year after year. And then I finally said, why don't why don't I do this for a living? Essentially, why don't I help these people that think either as I can only drive to places, I can only take Southwest to places. I certainly can't go international. I can't go here. I can't. All these negative assumptions, a lot of them about air, but some of them about cruising and, and every just, just big guys and even not tremendously big guys thinking they can't do things, which mm. frustrated me uh, immensely. So in 2018, I did, I did found travel at large, which is the, the travel agent company. Um, and, and as Dan said, yeah, the internet, a lot of people came at me saying, uh, this isn't 1983. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> what, what we're seeing in not just with big guys, but with the, I forget the, the letter of the generation that's you know under 25 right now is they, they're very busy. They have side gigs. They have up gigs, down gigs, left gigs, right gigs. <laughs> in and out they gigs. Don't, they don't want to go on. Expedia or Google or, or spend an hour or two finding they don't want to do the homework because they're very busy with 18 jobs and that's fine. And that's where I come in. And I, and I just choose to really, I'd like to help the big guys because I feel there's the biggest amount of misinformation with these big guys. And I'm sure you've covered it on the, on the podcast, just basic things like Southwest airlines policies. Mm-hmm. That's still not widely known. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and this is just, I just want to help folks because we would go to these events, Dan and Trevor have been there in, mm-hmm. in Vegas or in New Orleans. And these guys had driven across 10 states to be there because they just think they can't fly period. And I said, that's ridiculous, honey. No, mm-hmm. how much did you spend on gas and hotels along the way? And where are you parking your car? And geez, no, 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 yeah. we can, let's make this work. I think my favorite, like, my favorite story of, of how Sam has helped us out is uh, 
So we're, we're going to, you know, we, we took this cruise, gosh, I guess that was 2020. Yeah. 14 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was, we took, we took this cruise, which, which Sam helped us book. Mm. Uh, it was, uh, it was January of 2020. So just before COVID really. Um, mm. Right yeah. in, right under the line. Right under the line. Yeah. The podcast was still a fresh face baby. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and we're planning it. I'm certainly no stranger to travel. I've been doing a lot of traveling. Traveling with a super chub is definitely different. You got to, there's, like I said, there's planning. But I think with the the big thing where like, oh my God, I am so glad I have a travel agent named Sam is when you said, Sam, oh, he has a CPAP machine. He's probably going to need an extension cord and you can't bring your own because the cruise line mm-hmm. wants has to provide all electrical equipment. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And first of all, like again, having a company like Travel at Large or a travel agent that, you know, understands fat people travel of course you thought of a CPAP machine and like a normal travel agent or just an individual isn't going to think of that at the booking stage or right. at mm-hmm. the, at the, it's, it's sort of like, I mean, not that we had to book it differently, but just that like, Oh, I never thought of that because I'm not used to thinking that way. Well, and that's the kind of like custom tailored service you get where it might be a more niche audience, but it it is because that audience needs that kind of has help, different like, needs. Yeah. yeah particular mm-hmm. kind of help where I, I mean, granted I've never used a quote unquote regular travel agent before, but I would assume that there isn't a whole lot of like personal advice about how to do your trip. It's more about getting the logistics in order. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's everything and anything. I, I, uh, there's so many travel agents still out there, believe it or not. And I, I found in my, you know, I've only been doing this about a little over three years, but, the successful ones have found their niches and it's always the easiest to find a niche that you can identify with. And I'm a super job and, and it's, it's very easy. And I'm, I'm very blunt with some of my customers, especially when they're somewhat similar size to me. I'll, I'll you know, I'll, one of my first questions out the gate is height, weight, waist size, pants size, shirt size, and I'll give them mine to make them feel better. But mm-hmm. that's the thing is I want to make sure that on your cruise, on your flight, on everything, we're not going to hit a snag because nobody likes a snag. So you're right. It is completely about the custom tailoring. Now, if, if someone came to me saying, I'm looking for a left-handed Dungeons and Dragons themed <laughs> bus trip across <laughs> Northern Canada, I'd that, say, you know what? I don't know that I can relate to that. That <laughs> sounds amazing. <laughs> Don's already Don's done. Done. But I will do the homework for you. <laughs> I will try. It's just not your expertise. Yeah. I may refer you to somebody who hits one of those pegs. You know, I'm none of them. Um, you know, Nanook up in Canada, who's, who may not be, he, he, he may be right-handed, but he still loves Dungeons and Dragons. Deal breaker. Um, he's got a couple of the pegs hit, but, but no, no, it's just, uh, it, it, it helps. It helps when you keep it close to home. When, when it's your niche and you've done a lot of these things, I have not been to all over the world. I've been many places, but you know, if, if somebody who's, a big guy wants to go to China. I've not yet visited Asia, but I know the homework that needs to be done. And I, I and, think that's, uh, and, you know, I think that's really what comes through with, with you, Sam, is that you're so like, you love travel so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. So when you talk about Absolutely. doing the homework, it's like, I think it's, I think it's a probably, I mean, I don't want to encourage people to like load you up, but I think it's actually fun for you to like, oh my God, how would I go to Japan? How would oh, I? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I just, I'm so silly. I assume, wait, so you're going to let me watch the YouTube videos and do the Google image searches <laughs> and read the trip reviews? Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably doing that anyway. Um, and you just gave me a new sort of direction to head to. Um, but that's, that's where it all came from for myself in my mid, you know, 2011 to 2020 type travels was, you know, there, there weren't, there now, there are now some blogs of, of bigger guy travel. There was really nothing about five or six years ago. So it, it was really just, okay, I'm looking at this hotel in this country, in this city. Let me get every picture of, of the rooms, of the bathrooms, yeah, of the yeah, showers. The Let me try to see if somebody's done a YouTube video. You know, I can even pick up the phone and call because I'll be blunt and say, you know, hopefully there's, there's an English speaker if it's a, an international destination, which it usually is. But I can say, can you tell me, you know, 
or, or sometimes I'd even once been guilty of saying, can I talk to the biggest person on staff? Cause you know, <laughs> a, a 90 pound, five foot, five foot one woman might not understand the shower questions I'm asking, you know, mm-hmm. from any angle. Yeah. Cause she's going to say, uh, yeah, it's pretty yeah. big. <laughs> yeah. I would just say, look, I, I, you know, it's, I'm, I'm blunt and I, I don't apologize for that, but I need to get the correct information across whether I'm asking a vendor about accommodations or a customer about their own dimensions. I'm going to say, look, you know, likely I'm bigger than you. Sometimes I'm not, <laughs> but you know, this is a safe space. I'm not putting your, your dimensions anywhere, but I need to know because I need to make sure that airline seats good. Uh, do we need an Uber XL or a taxi van is a European S hotel going to be appropriate? Or do we maybe need to find you an American brand in Europe or Asia? And then so they'll have the big beds and the big bathrooms. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that a lot of these traditional European brands, you know, do it small. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I've been in I've been in elevators in Paris, and you know they installed the elevator, you know, a hundred years after the building was built, and the elevator is, you know, it's like the size of a bath mat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And you, and you may need to say, okay, my partner will go up and then the elevator will come back mm-hmm. and then I'll go up with the luggage, you know? Oh, it's, I've been in, pl- I've been in situations where the luggage had to, tra- couldn't travel with us in the elevator. Oh my God. Yeah, I was no, just- it's, it's, uh, <laughs> Europe's great. <laughs> I, I was just trying to think of an experience we had with that recently. And I think it was when we were in San Diego, the, the, La Valencia, that elevator where it's like you and I can be in the elevator. Oh yeah. And like not without luggage. <laughs> There's an elevator. Um, I say at the found hotel in Boston when I'm out there working, um, which is fine for like, if you, if you just need to show up somewhere to sleep and then leave for the rest of the day, it's fine. But the elevator there is, yeah, like I have to turn sideways and mm. I'm, by most accounts, a completely average sized person, mm-hmm. but just to like shimmy into the elevator. Um, so, well, that's something COVID taught all of us was a little bit of patience with elevators. Cause mm-hmm. even if it's a huge elevator, if it's yeah. only appropriate for two, four, six people to go in, either there's a sign or there's not, we, we've kind of as a community learned, okay, we can wait for the next one. There will be a next one. There will mm-hmm. always be a next elevator. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and that's what I tell my, my cruisers on the first day. Cause uh, mm. when you first get on a cruise ship, a lot of the people have no idea where they're going. Mm. People have carrying on luggage with them. The crew is using elevators to deliver checked baggage. So I tell everyone who's a first time cruiser, even if it's a second or a third time, I'm like, look, you gotta have patience on the first day. Um, just wait for an next, next elevator. Sometimes just get in an elevator, whether it's going down, you'll eventually go up. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just yeah. relax. It's not going to be like this every day. It's just the first few hours of the first day yeah. when people have no idea where they're going. And, uh, you know, the, the brains are not, you know, sometimes still on the pier a little bit. <laughs> and I think cruises, cruises have that demand first and foremost, because p- even people who travel a lot, you know, probably don't travel cruises more than airplanes or mm-hmm. like, it's not, it's not your top thing. Which leads into my question. So why cruises? Like I, I associate cruises with tiny, tiny quarters and like a toilet that's crammed in so close to the sink <laughs> that I'll probably never be able to fix. Like it's not something that would have occurred to me as something to look at for a vacation for myself. So um, wh- it's, it's very, there's, there's, there's a couple of fun ways to, to, to head that off. I mean, I know Dan had mentioned uh, in our talkings a couple of days ago, the love boat, which I actually watched the entire series for the first time during COVID to kind of <laughs> find like the cruising that I wasn't getting. And some of it, I mean, some of it, they get it right. Some of it is just very dated and some of it is just, no, that can't ever happen. But you know, cruising, It'll give me unrealistic cru- expectations. If Charo is not no, that boat, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> no, no, uh, yeah, no, no, no. I'll be your Julie McCoy all day long. But, uh, <laughs> but cruising is really just probably the widest net net you can cast uh, for satisfaction. And what that means is the percentage of people that have cruised and said, this is a hundred percent not for me is so low that it's, it's almost non-recognizable. Now you can easily take the wrong cruise yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and think the whole industry is not for you. And then 
realize a little later on, oh, I just picked the wrong cruise. And I love to come in there and match the right cruises with the right people. I'm not to toot my own horn. I'm very good at that. Because there's so many but, different kinds. Yeah, right? and I think oh, that's well, a- there's, it's, it's, it's cruise line. It's, it's time of year. It's, it's length of cruise. Well, and you even it's know the departure port. You even yeah. know the ships. Like you even know, like, no, that's not a good ship. You should take this ship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, and you know, when I do group cruises, we, we, we like to, one of our things is to avoid uh, a sailing that would look especially attractive to families with small children just because, <laughs> well, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but, we get um, that, yeah. but, uh, but I, I tangented off a little bit, but no, cruising really just in a nutshell is so adaptable to the consumer. It is what you want of it. You can have, the busiest Walt Disney world mom type seven day vacation where you've got something going on every 30 minute slot of the waking day. <laughs> and you know what? There are people that love that type of vacation. You would go a hundred percent the other way and say, I am planning nothing. I'm doing what I want when I want. And that's my vacation. And you can fill in everything in between on almost any cruise, which is what is so appealing to so many people. I mean, when I, I took my first cruise many, many years ago and I thought I would hate it because I'm very much of a do-it-yourself kind of travel guy and a cruise, I mean, the the stereotype of a cruise and, and Sam, you know, it, as he says, it's it's quite diverse, so it doesn't have to be this way, but the stereotype of a cruise is that everything is prepackaged and and like shoved at you. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, it's like you signed up for it and now it's yours and take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. And it is so not that. But so I was kind of, a but even in my hesitation of like, I don't want this. We were able to find a Mediterranean cruise. Like one of my things about being on a cruise ship is I don't want to go to Europe and be with a boatload of Americans. <laughs> so we booked an Italian cruise line. And you got a lot of Italians. We'll pull you. <laughs> we, there were only 40 Americans on a boat of like 3,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> they exist. Yeah. So I guess my point to, to Don is that, yeah, it is, it is quite diverse. Uh, as far as the physical accommodations, again, Sam being being a big boy himself is very much on the lookout for what kind of bathroom are you going to need? What kind of bed are you going to need? Mm-hmm. Do you want do you want to be near the elevator? Or do you not want to be near the elevator? Do you want to be at the front of the ship or the back of the ship? Because mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's so important. And even you know things that there are certain cruise lines that keep older ships around. Granted, they refurbish them up and down all the time. But you know, are you going on a ship that was built? maybe late nineties versus 2010 because rooms have gotten bigger as people have gotten bigger, but it, it, it just, you know, whereas it's just not even as easy enough as saying, well, Trevor's always going to be an accessible room with the accessible bathroom. It mm-hmm. may be the fact, well, if Trevor's on a ship that's more than five or six years old, yeah, we, we got to go accessible. But if it's a brand new ship where they've tweaked some corners and edges and just evolved it, if there's no accessible rooms available on this brand new ship, can Trevor still go? Actually, yeah, I think I, I, we can make that work. And I, w- uh, I, I should also yeah. say that, you know, in the last, the, the cruise that we were last on with you, it was a group cruise. And one of the members of our group was in a scooter. And mm. so there's a yes. scooter in the room and there's a scooter coming down the gang, uh, mm-hmm. you know, gangway. And there's like, you know, mm-hmm. so it's pretty accessible. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, the, the, the cruise line, um, most cruise lines use sort of, a quasi internal third party for their scooters. But, uh, it was this guest, I believe well, it was this guest used it once with us. Um, he had a, a little leg uh, or ankle situation that time. And he said it was very easy They they, I believe they brought him onto the ship on one scooter. And then his scooter for the entire cruise was waiting outside their room. And then you just did a, a, a switch off. Mm. And then we actually finally, funny enough, the year before that had a different guest with a scooter who realized this ship isn't as big as I thought it would be. And I believe he kind of abandoned the scooter after the first day, just left it in the hall or in his room or something. Um, because that's just yet another thing that I like to look at is, well, some of these ships are as much as three times the square footage or cubic footage as, as, as each other. So, you know, do you, again, it's finding the perfect cruise for the perfect person. If, if we get you the wrong room location on a mega ship with 6,000 passengers, you're going to be doing probably two to three times the walking as you do at home. And is that going to be okay for your vacation? Maybe we look at a smaller ship with a much more logical room location choice. I mean, that's, I mean, know, that or, came or up anything with anything in between that came up with, with our cruise with Trevor. Oh yeah. yeah. I was, 
I don't know, surprised, but also not. And then I was, I remember being like, oh, like I, I'm not going to be doing Pilates. And I was like worried about my body and stuff. But like I did more, I think like walking <laughs> and like I got more of a workout than I would have if I had been at home. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know, in a good way, just because I, especially like the the days where we're like back to back at sea. Yeah. I felt like that kind of prepared me for our excursions. excursions. Hmm. So one thing that I thought was really surprising because I didn't I hadn't gone on any cruises um, and then my ex and I actually went on three or four or five cruises something like that um, and the one thing that surprised me especially with some of the newer ships was how like you can have this massive 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 ship like many many thousands of people on board and if they're well designed you don't feel like you're actually having to walk that far to get to where you want to go like if the, if the well, design- absolutely, it really comes down to to, to your room location. Mm-hmm. Um, I know certain lines are very similar as far as they may have a dozen different classes of ships, but typically dining room to the back, gym theater to the front, et cetera. So if, if you are, if you're not a gym, you know, a gym person every day, and you're only going to go to the theater once or twice on the cruise, yet you're going to the dining venue two to three times a day will get you towards those rear elevators, mm-hmm. which are more towards the center than the front. And, and, and that, that's how I was on the, the world's biggest cruise ship. I was right at the, the rear elevator bank and realized about halfway through a week long cruise, I have not been to the front of the ship once. <laughs> because everything, everything you everything wanted to do. I personally needed up until day four was in the, the rear half of the ship. And, and, you know, these, these massive ships a week isn't adequate for them. Some, some of them, you, you realize I never went to a third of the venues, mm-hmm. uh, either because there's no time or you found a couple you really, really liked and, you know, why fix what, what's working. That's something that we really think about, especially when I plan group cruises for Chubbs and Chasers. I'm not really looking for the world's biggest cruise ships for multiple reasons because of, just we'll never see each other. I, I fear sometimes. And the, 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 the bigger the ship, usually the more kid attractiveness they are. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I sort of have a, a sweet spot for those medium sized ships where, you know, we can't sort of help, but bump into each other. You know, I, I wanted to, talk to I wanted to talk about what Trevor's going to call the elephant in the room, yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, so in this era of, of COVID, we're coming out of COVID in some places more than others. So what are the cruise ships doing to keep passengers safe? Uh, can well, you give us a rundown? It's actually quite spectacular. I've, I've been on three cruises since they resumed this July of 2021. In a nutshell, and I'll definitely go into this, now is the time to cruise. Mm. Because no one's filling their ships, and that's by choice of, of each line. Nobody wants 100% because... It's, it's a very, everyone's taking an extremely conservative approach into getting back to normal. They're not, you know, anything's better than having these ships float around empty. So I believe I went on a one cruise in July, a couple of weeks after cruising resumed, it was about 20 to 28% capacity. Wow. I went on one a, a week later that was about in the twenties again. Hmm. And then one a month later that was at best 30 or 35% full. And and here's the thing is it's people say this and it's really true. I felt safer on these cruise ships than I do at any supermarket I've been to in the last 18 months. Any, I'm trying to think where I felt actually safer than I did on the cruise ship because the cruise industry has always been about constant cleaning and, and it's, it's built into the minds of every single crew member and they put it in your mind too about hand washing all the time. Well, before COVID was ever yeah. a thing. Yeah, when we took our so, cruise, when we took our cruise back in 2020, I was astonished at like the amount sanitizer. of hand washing, oh, sanitizer, the, sanitizer, sanitizer. The aggressiveness and, and of the hand sanitizer. So much. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, in addition, uh, there was it, politics aside. When cruising just started up again in July of 2021, there was different lines were making different choices based on different state governments about. Yeah. How uh, did that shake out? It's now Vax only cruising. Vax as long only as you're cruising. of age to get a vaccination. We also need to, uh, as of right now for 2021, provide a negative COVID test taken less than or up to two days prior to your cruise. And then the children that are under 12 need to be tested again at the terminal. 
Oh, wow. And again, during the cruise. Mm-hmm. So there's, again, I know of nothing on land that's that that yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as one of the, the least experienced travelers in the room, uh, as a big guy, if I was going to plan a trip, what are the questions I should be asking myself? Like, I'm a big ancient Greece enthusiast. Oh. I, I love, well, I love it, the Acropolis. Uh, I would love to see Athens. You know, Okay, that's stuff. perfect because Greece people, I tell them, look, Greece is amazing. It's, you know, by land, it is super educational. But I would, I would personally suggest balancing the, you know, study hall land version with a little bit of, you know, half and half with maybe a, a, a Aegean cruise. Because those waters are amazing. Those Greek waters are just tremendous. And if you could do something like 10 days, I'd say five on land, five at sea, because there's a lot of amazing Greek islands. No, I don't think that's a secret to anyone. But uh, I, I know when I was younger, um, I did do Greece with my parents. And the first half, you know, on the tour bus, you know, with the... <laughs> was very educational. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was a teenager and I don't know if I appreciated that on my summer vacation. <laughs> but the second half, we did an amazing cruise. I, I scuba dove for the first time. And it was, it was, that was remarkable. Um, so that's what I've actually had a couple of Greece inquiries in the past few months. And I've said, try to break it up, land and sea. They have some of the most amazing cruising right out of Athens. So that's where I would start. And obviously, if, if you want to do one and not the other, we can work with that. It, you know, there's there's time variables. There's, you know, do you want to be on a structured bus tour for, you know, with the same people for five days straight going around Greece? Do you want to do your own thing? There's, I have the questions. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I, there's just so much to do, especially with something as, as deep as Greece. It's, you know, it's, it's one of the oldest countries. Uh, so there's, there's so much there. Well, and I think too, to the thing to pitch in here is, you know, cause Sam is going to tailor this to you, which means he's going to ask you a lot of questions, but then also, you know, cause sometimes you don't have the answer. Like, I don't know if I want that or that I've never done either one, but I think a way to think about this is, you know, when you come to someone like Sam at a travel agent is if I think, and back me up, if or, you know, adjust me if I'm wrong, Sam, but you know, if you communicate what, how you want to experience stuff, like what is it? Do you, do you want to be unharried? Do you want to see everything? Do you want to like, how do you, how do you want to feel on the trip? I think a good exactly. travel. And I think one of my questions would definitely be, tell me about a somewhat recent great trip yeah. and tell me about a somewhat recent, not great trip. So even if maybe you don't see it as clearly, I can try to pick out, okay, this is actually what you like and don't like based on what was the best trip of the last decade and your worst trip of the last decade. Uh, because some people just don't self-dissect like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would say for cruising, because there are just so many options you're presented with from, you know, putting down your deposit to boarding the ship. There is just this gauntlet of choices to make that can be, feel like a, you're in a blizzard. Uh, and it's oh, great. absolutely. It's great because it's all customizable, but you know, when you don't know the answers and you, because you've never done it before, it, it, uh, having someone to do it with is amazing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. Um, well, Sam, if, if people want to get in touch with you, um, about maybe doing their next cruise, where can they find you? Um, I, my travel agent site is travelatlarge.net. Uh, and then if you want to, if you are a chub or, or a, a gay guy that is a chaser, you know, likes chubs or a chub for chub you want to do a little community event at sea, definitely check out cruisingatlarge.com. Uh, we do once, once we fully get out of COVID, we hope to do three to four group cruises a year, uh, usually out of Florida. Uh, although we, we had an awesome Alaska cruise plan. COVID had other opinions on that. <laughs> We're going to try to go back to Alaska in 2023 nice. and then maybe even get as crazy as Europe that year or the next year too. It just depends on what people want. Um, and I'm completely open to everything. Yeah. We, so we have a the, cruise the, uh, coming up that I'm, I have my fingers crossed. I'm ready. <laughs> I want to get on a boat again. Yeah. I want to be, I want to feel the ocean. The breeze, uh, the breeze, the king of the world. Yeah. I'm flying Jack. <laughs> and that's, that's coming up for us in January, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, nice. And nice. I, uh, it's funny when you, Sam, when you said, uh, you didn't like educational tours. I remember when we did the, the chocolate 
Oh yeah. Or, and Sam, Sam was on the fence about it. He's like, it's not going to be too educational, is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, was, it was really fun. The first half was learning about the trees, mm-hmm. which I, I was, was a little less exciting, but then you get to sit down and make chocolate yes. and then have a lunch and then eat the chocolate you made. And that was, that I still talk about that cause that was so much fun. Yes. I, like, I made chocolate. I don't, you know, and then I ate it. I think mm. it was the chocolate I made that I ate. I don't know. I, I, don't, I think they gave us better chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Big I'll, I'll share the pictures of Sam making chocolate. I on my chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. So Michael is trying to tell me something. I was asking if there was a tip. So if we could oh, no, the, the tip is go on a cruise. Expand your Cruisingatlarge.com. Is it .com or .net? No, cruisingatlarge.com. And if you want just generic travel help, uh, the whole mothership is travelatlarge.net. Okay. That's the tip. That's the tip. Yeah. Would you like to stick around and play a little game with us? I love games. Cool. Yay! I I did not bring my 20-sided die, though. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just trust that you roll what you roll. All right. So we have a bit. This is our little game at the end. Uh, today's bit is about boats. I like to keep things thematic. So <laughs> what we're talking about today is naming guidelines oh. for ships. All right. <laughs> now, anyone who's kind of gone around harbors and looked at the name ships know they can be a little racy or strange or irreverent. Hmm. Um, but when I went out, I discovered there are actually only two rules, <laughs> actual rules about ship naming. The first one is that they may not contain or uh, or be phonetically identical to obscene, indecent, or profane language, or to racial or ethnic epithets. So the SS slutbanger is probably not probably a real not ship. in there, but uh, you know, but you could do something that you know. But the Slatania is right. Yeah, Slatania <laughs> would be okay. Well, you know? What if my family made a name as slutbanger? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you could probably make an argument. Don't However, prejudice. There is a second rule. There is a second band, something else you cannot name your ship, mm. right? So I've got a couple different multiple choice questions here. Okay. After you've answered them all, you should have all the clues you need to figure out what the second naming rule for ships is. Okay. Uh, multiple okay. tiers here. So here's the first group. One of these, all of these are names that are perfectly legal except for one. Which one is not a legal name? Okay. One, the peasant's tanker. <laughs> okay. Two, the farmer's floating tractor. <laughs> Three, police's boat. Huh. Or four, president's yacht. Oh. Um, I think it's the tractor, maybe. I think three, police's boat. Wait, this is the one that's not allowed. Which one is not allowed? I'm going to go with police's boat. Yeah, I think it, you we can't call yourself police's the police. We got two police's boat. And one- know, I'm going to go president because I think there's something with the president that. Hmm. Okay. True. You got yeah, one for president. One. I don't know. One for president, one for tractor, one for police, a two for police's boat. The correct answer is the police's boat. Ha ha. But we don't know why yet because we we're don't still know leading why. up to why. Uh, here's the next grouping of four. One of these is not an acceptable name. One, the R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to sing it every time. <laughs> Memories. Hmm. Oh. Help. Oh. Or like a virgin. Help. Help. Yeah, it's got to be hell. It's got to be hell. Okay. No, you know, no, I want to be different. I'm going with the R-E-S-P-E-C-T because I think there's something with an R. Sam, no. <laughs> Don't do it. That's that's always my tactic and I always lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, because police has an R. <laughs> the correct answer no, 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 is... I think there's something with starting with a letter with a with an R period because I think... I keep thinking RMS Titanic. That's so, I don't know. I'm going to be different. I'm going with respect. All right. We got one for respect. We got three for help. The correct answer, I'm sorry, Sam. It is, in fact, help. Oh. Ah. Okay. That is a good justification, though. I, I was buying into that. All right. Here's Can our next group. The last grouping. round be worth three times the points. <laughs> we got two it more groupings. All the previous rounds useless. <laughs> we got oh, like two footage. more groupings. You can do this. All right. Uh, the next group, the Lust Boat <laughs> on Fire. Hmm. Do me in the aft hole. Okay. Ooh. Or floating semen. I'm going to say on fire. Oh. I think How is semen spelled? S E A M E N. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I, on fire. Fire. I think, I think safety fire. related. A fire? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Dan, you're with fire or are you going to I mean, else? it's got to be fire, but it's just, I just, I'm trying to think like who the hell would. 
Like our boat is on fire. We better write that on the side. It, it is a little like, like I really? can see someone doing that. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, everybody, okay. if you can read this, then we're on fire. <laughs> the correct answer is yes. Fire. On fire. All right. Last grouping. Okay. Which of these ship names is not an acceptable name? The Mother's Day, the Cinco de Mayo, the May Day, or the May the Fourth Be With You. <laughs> May Day. It's got to be May Day. I would think May Day. You are all correct. Clearly safety related. Yeah. So the thing, I, yeah. I guess the thing is safety related or like. You can't. Something that sounds like. Like where if oh, are I know what it is. Because if you read the name of the ship over the radio, it oh. sounds like you're saying the thing. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. That's it, exactly. The name may not be identical, actually or phonetically, to any word or words used to solicit assistance at sea. Aha. I won a bit, everybody. Yeah. Oh, wait. I have... Uh, do I have an so, so a list of some of the other ones you can't use are Coast Guard, uh, Rescue Me, <laughs> Sinking... I've sunk, we've capsized, or the man overboard. Ah. <laughs> For the exact reason Michael said. The man said. overboard is a gay bar down the street from me, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, the that, drinks are a little bit overpriced, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you name your ship, dear listeners? <laughs> Where the, can they let you know, Trevor? Well, I'm here, Trevor. We're on Facebook and Instagram as... At Big Fat, wait, no, hold on. We're on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Pod Chaser, Apple I- Podcast, all the places. Five all stars, place. five stars everywhere. Five stars everywhere. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yay. <sighs> Maybe you're, uh, you're relaxing, you're catching your breath, you're listening to this. On your cruise that you booked after being listening <gasps> to this episode. It's a paradox. How did you do that? <laughs> and um and oh no, Michael's coming and he has a big tray of drinks and he's he's slipping because it's a boat and it's wet. So watch, watch out. out. <laughs>